Um, if what you're passionate about is what you want to go try, for, for all means, go try it. But recognize that no one else is going to be able to do what you do. No one's going to bring the same passion that you do. Mm -hmm. Don't let someone tell you that crocheting frogs is never going to make anything. It depends on whether someone picks you up on Instagram or you get, you know, there's so, so many what if possibilities. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur and the uh, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help uh, startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. Um, today on The Inventive Journey, we have a, we're going to hear another great journey from a, a great guest, uh, Marsha. Uh, Marsha has uh, been going for six years with her uh, co-founder husband and partner in crime, hopefully not real crime. But, uh, and uh, they have a, a, a fun um, cloud security or expertise that we'll hear a little bit more about. And uh, before that, uh, they made, they kind of uh, came up with a company that they wanted to, to <laughs> wanted to create because it wasn't already out there. And it's uh, since grown into uh, quite the company and have some different employees and uh, make it uh, enjoyable and have a lot of fun along the way. So welcome to the podcast, Marsha. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. So I gave an introduction and I'm sure I slaughtered it and I told it everything <laughs> wrong, but as good as I could do with the interview or the introduction, I'm sure you'll do a much better job. So maybe go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the journey. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, uh, let's see. I guess the journey really began around 11 years ago when, oh gosh, it's coming up on 12. That's crazy. When I met my uh, now husband at an information security conference and he and I had been doing information security since the cows came home. I mean, seriously, since I got out of the army in 97, I'd been working in uh, the military's version, information assurance, information defense, um, doing everything that you could possibly need uh, with regard to security. And it just, it just kind of honed itself directly uh, into cloud security after I met Aaron. But we met about 11 years ago and got married. And uh, people think it's crazy that we've both worked from home for our last three to four jobs and raised a family together. And See, I would have put that as a crazy, I would have put the crazy part is, is that it was romantic to go to a data security conference. And that's for how you guys <laughs> fell in love. That would have been the crazy. That's kind of like, if you know, two engineers falling in love or two attorneys that it's once more once in a blue moon. So we have always said we both got into information security for all the hot folks that are there, man. <laughs> that's where you go. If you're trolling for hot folks right there. So that's the story I'm sticking we'll, to. We'll it. have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> I, and I come back with an engineering background and I, I didn't, that's, I was, my wife was a nurse or she was, and now she's a stay at home mom, but I would have got to the nursing or the teaching program or that. That's where I always trolled for the, the hot ones. And I wasn't the, the big, I was, uh, wasn't the biggest ladies man. So I, I guess I was looking <laughs> at the wrong places, but all right. Anyway, uh, we had a good time. And of course we met in Vegas because every security conference ever, ever, ever is in Vegas. And uh, yeah, so um, at the time I was working for a very large um, uh, LSI in the DOD space. So I was working for a system integrator doing work for the, the Navy and Aaron was working for SAIC and uh, as a CTO there and working on commercial contracts for uh, managed security services. And it just kind of went from there. Um, he hopped to some other places. I hopped to some other places, but ostensibly the more the more we graduated into our roles, the more we recognized that uh, the combination of technical um, 
approach that uh, we both saw was necessary in order to complete a cloud journey, as well as the human side, the people and process side that is often um, poo-pooed uh, when you are trying to solve the technical problems, mm. um, wasn't just wasn't being addressed. And so Aaron had been at uh, AWS for a couple of years, and it had been a good run. He was very happy there. Um, he, but that was SAIC, is that what we said? Yeah, SAIC. This is a quick note, and I didn't mention it before. So that's where uh, my father-in-law worked for quite some time. He he worked for SAIC on uh, some of their, now I'll probably slaughter this one too. It was with their radar and with their sonar and with some of their detection, some of the devices there. So at least I have heard the name and have at least a little bit of a connection there. Yeah, when uh, when uh, I got out of the military, I was exiting Hawaii, and they basically said the two places that you could most likely use your skill set that you've honed in the military was McLean, Virginia, or San Diego. And I grew up in San Diego, so I said, mm, "Let's see, mm, nope, San Diego. Yes, definitely San Diego." So been here the whole time, and that's where he was also at the SAIC campus in uh, San Diego. But there's also a big one in uh, McLean, Virginia, as far as I know. So. All right. So I didn't mean to hijack you. Keep no, going on okay. with the journey. It's all good. It's all good. So he left uh, AWS and I was still working at the time. I believe I was at, I'm trying to guess. I think I was at IOActive. Maybe I was at Dual. No, I was at DualSpark. Uh, DualSpark is a small startup that was acquired by Datapipe and was started by two dudes that left Amazon and started their own company. And so I was inspired. It was a good company. There was only 15 folks. And it was really awesome because we were focused on doing DevOps, not in a lift and shift fashion, which is to basically take something from a data center and move it into the cloud to actually refactor, making sure that the way that you're developing your applications is appropriate for the best use of the services available to you in the cloud. And it was fun. We had a good time. And Aaron was friends with the CEO there. And so Aaron said, hey, would you be willing to, uh, you know, basically 1099 me out to uh, cloud security specifically, because that was Aaron's background. And he said, yes. And so under those auspices, we started uh, ScaleSec. Uh, Originally, it was called Scalable Security, but so many people abbreviated it for us that we went and got the DBA like probably a year later and said, oh, fine, more ScaleSec. That's good for me. I don't care. It's shorter anyway. Easier to put on the Twitter handle. So um, that worked out fine. Uh, I stayed on. I went up to, after it was purchased by Datapipe, I went up and worked for Chef Software, uh, which is an infrastructure as code uh, company helping you do a lot of your uh, network management and in the cloud as well. And we- so I'll uh, di- And I'll dive in just a little bit there. So sure. if I remember, I, and I always tell everybody, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm putting words in your mouth, don't nah, feel, totally. feel free to correct them. But it, you, so your husband had jumped over to, I think the startup you guys are at now as you continue to work for, you know, uh, the different companies as that got going. Is that right? Is, is, that is, is correct. That? that is correct. We were both on all the paperwork from the beginning and it was our secret, secret evil plan, rubbing our hands together, you know, to, uh, to finally get us both over there. But with three kids, two of the boys were in teenage years at the time. Our daughter was quite young and two cats, a dog, a fish, a gecko for a period of time, bless his soul. Um, you know, they, somebody had to make sure that the mortgage was getting paid. So I stayed on at Chef Software for an additional two years. And then I left at the end of December 17 and came over full time since January of 18. So before you jump to where you're at now, I'm going to dive back to that just a little Please. bit. So you, you had your, how did you make that decision as far as, because, you know, first of all, kudos to you guys for both uh, working together, having a startup, not killing each other or, or anything <laughs> else. Cause I think that's, you know, that's an admirable thing. And sometimes it works Thank out you. great and you can be, 
you know, work together well and you can separate business and home life and everything else and other people just clash and it's not a good experience. So first kudos to you. But as you were saying, okay, you know, and I'm putting again words in your mouth, but hey, we want to get a startup going. We have an idea. We'd like to get this going, but we also have responsibilities. We have a mortgage. We have kids. We got to take care of everything. How did you make the decision of, hey, who will make the jump first? Who will keep working? And who, will, how, and then how did follow on question to that? And I know it's a loaded question. How did you finally decide, okay, now we're both going to jump over and do this full time? Um, I don't. I don't want to make it seem too dramatic, but really who was unhappier and unhappy can be a definition of this is not working for me anymore. I'm not even, I always tell people I always wanted to be in a place where I could expand my wings. And I always felt like I was kind of like, I could flap like this, but there was no way I could really just move my wingspan all the way out. And I think that Aaron was in a situation after two years at uh, two and a half years, something like that at AWS, where he said, I just, I have to move so quickly as a member of PSO there um, helping people, there was such a deep need for help with the cloud security aspects that he only got to do like say up to 80% and then they had to figure out the rest on their own because he had to go someplace else. Now they may, they may have gotten ultimately additional support, but Aaron himself couldn't actually stay because the work that he did was so vital to unlocking a lot of the problems that the CISO was, uh, you know, staunchly against. And so he would go in there Aaron would go in there and talk to these CISOs and make sure he or she had all their questions answered so that, you know, the adoption could take place. And Aaron said, there's just bits that I want to stay. I want to continue to fix. I don't want to feel like I have to navigate off. And so I said, I'm, I'm cool where I am. So why don't you do this first? And I, I would like to say it was a grand calculated and it's gone, you know, more uh, uh, exactly like I planned. But dude, I, I think right now, if you're not, if you're not planning I plan three to six months in advance because <laughs> look at 2020. Um, so like literally you just kind of go, I've got a plan, but I'm prepared to pivot. I've got plan A, which is, Hey, this would be optimal. But then you've also got plan B, C, and then all the way down to maybe double digits. Cause I think Excel goes up to A, Z, Z or something like that. So I think <laughs> it's important to have lots of plans, all of which are a function of how comfortable are you with ambiguity and chaos? Because being a small business owner, you have to be ready for ambiguity and chaos. And, so and uh, to, now I'm going to encapsulate all of that to what's it. It's basically whoever is the most unhappy, you got to go, go do the startup and chase the dream first. Person exactly. who was less unhappy had to wait it out until the company was well enough. So then how did you decide? So you did that. He starts out. And how long was it that uh, he was doing the startup and, and getting the business going as you continue? So I think his first two gigs were very long range FedRAMP implementations in the cloud. And so they were very long, very long tail. And so he did two, I want to say two, nine months back to back. And then when I was contemplating coming over, we were starting to recognize just as any uh, quote unquote Ponzi scheme of consulting is, you know, you duplicate yourself and you resell yourself and then you turn two to four to eight, et cetera. Um, people were starting to see and hear Aaron's name and call him by name. And he's like, I can't, I don't want to tell people no, but by the same token, I can't keep saying yes because I can't literally do all of it, even though he's mm -hmm. pretty good at multitasking that way. And so um, we were able to uh, bring me on and we had like two people that kind of stayed with us. And then a couple of 1099s, I think we stopped 1099ing in the middle of 2018. Other than that, we've had W2 since then, all just straight employees. Um, but up to that point, we had been kind of like, you know, figuring out how, how are you, how do you manage the, the incoming of the uh, requests for help with the incoming, uh, you know, the, the resource management versus the, the pipeline, two pipelines that you have to manage. Um, we are very grateful and humbled and pleased 
that it turns out that what we were offering is in pretty much demand right now, which is kind of mm. cool. So for the next, that's a lot you know, better than offering something that's not a demand. Well, it, it, but people think I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to follow my passion. I've always wanted to knit frogs. And so I'm going to put these <laughs> knit frogs out on the internet and they will bless me because somewhere somebody wants knit frogs and we will sell them. And the truth is I didn't ever, I wanted to be the girl in, at five years old. I was the lady on the back of the horsey going in circles at the circus. I go that, that is the job I want. So no, no, I didn't ever dream of like cloud security type stuff. For you, didn't, my... you didn't as a kid grow up say, when I grow up, I'm going to work in cloud security. No, didn't. There was no outfit you could buy at thrifties for that with it had the plastic mask and the rubber backing and stuff. No, there wasn't that. I'm a cloud All right, security so you, dude. So you, so you make the jump or you said, okay, yeah. we've got, and if I were to kind of say, it, back going back to my question, lots of things we talk about. So was it kind of, it got to the point where, was it an income-based decision saying, hey, the company is making enough money that we, I can come over? Or just by the fact, it sounded more like it was the fact that he doesn't have enough time and ability to do everything and needs somebody else that can help him run it. That's the very positive spin to the answer I would love to give. But because I'm supposed to be candid with you, it will be because I finally got unhappy enough with oh, where I was that I'm like, you know what? I don't I'm coming over there, scoot over, move that stuff Thanks off the, the seat. Boat. Ready to come over. The, the boat better be ready because I'm going to jump in. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, that's a, that's an even more candid answer. So basically, both of you guys gauged if you got to almost your unhappiness level when it reached a certain amount, then you're saying, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm coming on. So so you make right. that switch, you finally bull jump over. Uh -huh. And I think one of the things we talked about is, you know, so as you're doing it, you guys are a smaller company, obviously, mm -hmm. versus a huge company. And sure. I like small businesses and that. But then you're saying, okay, we've got these big companies and how are we going to compete and how are we going to bring the best talent over and all and everything of that. And, you know, mm -hmm. and you started to, you know, maybe figure, trying to figure that out. So maybe talk a little bit about maybe the issue of competing with big companies for talent mm -hmm. and then how you overcame that. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that introduction there for that. Um, we wanted a consultancy that was basically a lifestyle consultancy and the lifestyle word kind of has some, some loaded terms. So I will define it as I do for you, which mm -hmm. is to say, the people that we're looking for that will be able to do what we need them to do, the magic unicorns that you feed special lucky charms every day in order to get them to poop cloud security amazingness, those folks are generally in their uh, getting married, having kids, have small kids kind of age stage. They're not going to be like, I can put them on the plane for 70 hours a week and they don't care if they have plants that die at home because they're just rolling in the Benjamins. Mm. And so I needed to find a way to get those folks to want to work for me. And so some of the differentiators that we have that allows us to compete uh, and, and uh, for lack of a better term, steal away folks from other places or entice them. That's a much better, let's just, I, I let's do, just strike that. Can you go back and just strike that? That's right. We're going we're gonna to entice them away. <laughs> uh, we offer 32-hour work weeks that are billable. The other eight hours are for you to improve yourself. You should be working on blogs. You should be taking some of the mm. certifications for AWS and GCP. Um, you should be uh, improving yourself in any way that you see, because by improving yourself, you're actually improving the entire, everyone levels up, you know, the, everybody just kind of brings that, um, the buoyancy of the water up higher and higher. And we end up in a situation where there's super fun camaraderie on our Slack channel that, hey, did you see this thing here? Did you see this note here? Uh, I saw this latest uh, thing about this particular coding language here. We've got tons, of, but it's fun. People are constantly trying to one-up each other in a very positive, uplifting way. 
uh, we offer reinf uh, reinforcements, uh, money into your salary, not just a bonus, but a salary bump every time you pass a professional certification. We've been talking with one of our partner managers at one of the cloud companies and he goes, well, how many of your folks, we have 18. Mm. He goes, how many um, certifications do you have? And I go, mm, which, which kind? He goes, well, all of them. I said, okay, well, all of them, we have 99. He's like, what? And I go, I think you don't really care about these ones over here. So if you're talking associate level and professional level associations specific to your cloud, I think we were at 37. I said, but let me check at the end of the week. I think we have people taking tests this week. So, I mean, it's just, so, it's, it's awesome. It's so awesome one, to I'm going to ask on that because if I were on an, you know, and run into and I, I talk with and work with different startups and done my own and everything else, mm -hmm. you know, the, the fear, I don't know if fear is quite the right word, but, you know, hesitation of, one is to do the shorter hour work week is that you're not mm -hmm. going, the employees aren't going to produce enough to make it profitable, right? If I only mm -hmm. have them work 32 hours or, or, you know, and I get the eight hours of certification working on yourself, which I mm -hmm. think is great, you know, 32 hours of billable time, am I going to be able to make enough off of them to warrant having them on, right? And then the second thing is, is now you not only you compound the issue with 32 hour work weeks, and then you also pay them to get certifications with the, you know, worry that now they're going to go work for somebody else or they're going to, you're going to train them all, make them a valuable employee, and then they're going to leave you. So how did you, you know, how do you find that balance or figure out how to give them the lifestyle, let them work on themselves, incentivize them well, while not either worrying about or figuring out how to handle if they end up leaving? I know we pay competitively. Uh, we cannot match. If it comes down to dollar for dollar, there's no way I have the poker face to go against any of the cloud providers. If they want someone and it's mm -hmm. finances that they are differentiating by, they're mm -hmm. going to win. Uh, there are too many people out there talking about the philosophy that our company has about people first, about take your PTO. We actually don't have unlimited PTO and it's a calculated reason. I give you four weeks starting. I mean, you, 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 at four weeks starting the day you start because I want you to take PTO and if it's unlimited PTO then it's kind of no PTO and I've seen a lot of mm. people um, vacillate on that and I'm like no nope. and then I, I harass them and the way that I am able to get folks to um, improve and even if they leave it is by saying I don't I, I don't know how to say this right I don't care if you leave like I love you. I want you to be awesome. If being here makes you awesome and you are happy, then stay. It's almost like you've signed up. I, I don't know how to, com there's no comparison. That's why we've done this. Um, it's almost like if you go to a college and you're there for four years, you're a freshman. So you come to my company, you're here for the first year, you learn the ropes. I teach you everything I possibly can. I uplift you. I improve in you. I, I pour good stuff into you. I feed you good snacks. You eat your vegetables. Everything's good. The second and third year, you are kicking it and we're all making money together. The third or fourth year, when you're just about to get a little bit jaded to walk into the 35th client that I've sent you to and go, no, no, your problem's unique. Here's a hug. Let's fix it. You know, you start to lose your ability to be genuine because you're just getting too tired of solving the exact same problem over and again because it's out mm. there. Then I want to tell them, where do you want to go next? If you're not happy here because you've topped out. And you can tell if you're talking to people once a week, like I do, you can tell when someone's starting to go, uh, um, where do you want to go? I will write you a letter of recommendation. I will introduce you to the people that are there. I get no greater pleasure than thinking we've had a good run and I want you to go be amazing because then you are my profit. You are the person, I mean, profit, not profit, right? Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> you're the one that's going to go out and say, I had a fantastic run there and I'm going to send all of my friends here to work 
if they need a break, if it's a PTSD kind of thing, like I've gotten 60, 70 hour weeks, I've got tons of training. I don't know where to be healthy. This is where you go to recover because you don't have to work insane hours. You do have to invest in yourself. I'm watching Slack. And if the little green dot is on on Sunday mornings, you can bet I'm going to jump on and go get off this computer. Hmm. Well, I, I give you kudos. I think that's a great way to set up a company. I was probably, you know, I, I, I worked at, a, you know, making the parallels. I worked at a big law firm, you know, top 100 law firm, great experience. Don't have anything bad to say about them with yeah. the exception of I got to the point, kind of the same thing of, you know, I'm working, you know, I was probably working 80, 90 work hour weeks. And I did that for a few years and you almost get to the point of, Hey, the money is nice and I'm getting paid well in there that works enjoyable, but I just can't do this forever. And then you do start to almost look for that lifestyle. Hey, I do want to see my kids. I do want to see my family and Hey, let's find something else. And so I think that's a great way to set it up that one. Yeah. If it's just completely paid or on pay, you can't always compete with the big companies. They can probably outspend you. But if you're looking for something that provides you with training and experience and lifestyle and actually enjoyable and everything else, and still mm-hmm. a good compensation. I think that's a much better place to position yourself. And I think it's something much, that a lot of sm- startups and small business businesses we, can learn from. We do much better when somebody has already been through the ringer. Uh, I had one young man that I interviewed that was squared away. God, I really liked him, and he was in a very uh, coveted area of, of the of the of the uh, nation. I could use him a lot there. And he goes, "Well, I've got your offer, and I've got you know an offer from one of the cloud companies, and I just can't make up my mind." And I go, "Then I'm going to help you, and it's not a dig. I'm rescinding my offer because if you literally cannot tell mm-hmm. the difference between my offer and their offer, you need to go there. You need to go there, and you need to make it happen, and you need to be happy, and you need to eat all their free food that they offer every single day <laughs> on the buffet. And mm-hmm. then when you recognize why we are here." that is when you come back and the door will be open for you. But you may not come here now because you don't know. And if you don't know, then you're not going to appreciate it. And if you don't appreciate it, then you're not going to really throw all in. Did he ever come back? Just out of curiosity, did he ever come back? We talk all the time on LinkedIn. Like we comment on each other's stuff all the time. There's nothing but positivity. I will never, I'm so blessed and so lucky to be in this situation that literally if someone gave me their two week notice right now, I'd be like, oh, sad. I will miss you. You're awesome. What can I help you with? Where can I, where can I sign to help you be more amazing? This is a, this is a job. It is not a jail, especially in this, in this at will industry that we're in. There are many places I know these folks can go. I treat them fair. I don't, uh, I don't think I overindulge anymore than I overindulge my children. There's certainly guardrails and stuff, but basically I just, I'm excited. I love to be around them and I love to uplift them. And I don't think that a lot of managers and leaders think that way. No, and I'm in complete agreement. So, you know, and that's, it is, but, and you know, it's, it's for me, and it took, I think every company, depending on the industry, depending on how you want to incentivize, you're going to do it a little bit different. You know, I always sure. laughed at, you know, there's engineers. Sometimes the biggest thing that would entice them to come work somewhere was a perfect workstation. It had the dual screens mounted to the screen. And that's all, as long as you had the dual screens or the triple screens or whatever it is now, that was what they wanted. And that was the thing for a while. And I think that as yes. things adjust, you need to look and say, what can we offer to differentiate ourselves to get the type of talent and the type of people, right? Because you can hire some of the best talent, but it may not fit your culture. It may not, and yep. as much as you mentioned, I rescind the offer exactly. because it doesn't fit what we're trying to do and you're not going to be happy. And if you're not going to be happy with the culture we have, it's not that's a good right. place for you. So I think that's, that's uh, great hiring practices. So absolutely true. Absolutely true. So Nick, so started it going successful. We've talked a little bit before you have, a, I think a, a cool way that you, you treat your employees and everything else. Next uh, six to uh, 12 months, where do you guys head now? 
Um, we had our goal to meet uh, 25 total uh, people on the team. That would be uh, uh, two or three folks that are on indirect. I'm included in that list, but the majority of them are cloud security architects, engineers, application security guys and gals. Um, we were on par to finish that Q2. I still think that that's possible to hit the last five hires by the end of this year, depending on how things go. So I'm keeping an eye out. I refuse to hire any more folks, even though there's kind of a demand because I want to make sure that the people that I have have good long leads. Right now, we're about six to eight weeks out uh, with regard to um, assigning folks to, to gigs that come in. Uh, but it's there's still a lot it's there's still a lot of chaff in the air it's still kind of hard to tell what direction the world's going to go just yet and so i'm going to hold steady probably till august or so and then make a decision whether or not we hire another couple of folks um mm. i have the luxury of knowing that we've always wanted the company to be around 25 folks so it's not like i'm trying to make some sort of ludicrous number in order to be cool and be gobbled up i just i just want to get to our number and i want to kind of hold steady so the only pipeline i'm managing is not resources and pipeline, it's just the work coming in. That would be my favorite because then we can be very selective and be very prudent with our client's money that are like, I just want you to do this for me. And I go, it's not a good use of your money. I'm not going to use my people to do that because what you're doing is probably not the right thing even for yourself. So it gives you a little bit more latitude to be more bold about the types of work that you take. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I think, and you may or may not, but I'll touch on it just because I think I think that there's, Sometimes you hire too quickly or you grow too quickly for what you want as a company, right? Meaning you may even be able to grow it to a hundred people and I'm just making up the numbers, but mm -hmm. then it becomes a company that you don't enjoy working at anymore, right? So That's now right. you've got a whole bunch of people, you're managing them and you don't even get to do the things that you want to do anymore because now it's a big right. company. You have to worry about investments and in return on investments and everything else. And so I think yep. there's certainly a strategy to growing it and running at the company the size you want the culture you want the people you want and that doesn't always mean no investors there's no investors that's so cool <laughs> no it's, and it gives you the freedom so i think but i but i think there's a lot to learn there so yeah well as, as always i always i think i say it almost every time but it's this one's no different that i get to the end mm -hmm. of the podcast and there's about 20 more things i think would be fun to talk about that i never have enough time to so i always say it uh, probably someday we'll have or have you back on. It'll be fun to talk a few a few more things. But sure. as we reach the end of the podcast, I do have a couple questions I always ask at the end of the podcast. I'll ask mm -hmm. them now. So the first question is: Is what was the worst business decision you ever made? Hiring is hard, and the things that I've had to learn: uh, skinning my knees, hurting my elbows, making mistakes that I personally felt influenced my it made for better hires the next time but the number of times and it wasn't a lot it was probably two or three times where someone really wanted to work here and they just put their best foot forward and they simply were not going to be able to reach mm. the level that we needed them to in the time but they thought they could they wanted to their heart was in it but we had to agree it didn't work and there is nothing like it makes me cry every time i have to find someone not capable of staying here and it's always been um, uh, capability. It's never been personality mismatch or egregious behavior or outlandish, none of that. And it breaks mm -hmm. my heart because I know how bad they want to be here. And every time I've had to let someone go, I've learned something from it, which allows me to make even better hires next time. So hiring. Yeah. And, hiring. I, and I'm completely with you. One, and, and kind of a similar note, but in a different one that I learned is, you know, I'm for better and for worse. And my wife will say it's for worse sometimes and for better, you know, 
I, I have a personality and I always, some people ask me what my hobby is. And I usually say my hobby, if I, you know, I'll give a few things. I like to work on cars and I like to, you know, and I do coach my kids flag football team. I do some hobbies, but I usually say really my hobby is startups, right? So I like to do startups. I like to do small businesses. And so, but the problem is I always got when, and I had to learn with hiring kind of the same thing is I always got in. I'm like, everybody will work just as hard as I will. They'll all want to be the startup. They'll all want to build it. They'll all just, you know, they'll all be excited that they're getting on the, and it. And I quickly found that some people that are that way and they're absolutely great employees and others just are there for a paycheck and not in a bad way. They do a good job, but they're not right. there to build the company. They're not excited about a startup. They just mm-hmm. want to get in, get their job. And for me, it was always, hey, I want people that want to do a startup, that want to be in a startup and like that type of an atmosphere. So I think that hiring is one that I think almost everybody has to go through and figure out, learn some of those hard lessons because it's no matter how many books you read or shows you watch, you're not going to figure it out until you have to (laughs) one hire people and then even worse to sit across and let somebody go. Yeah, it's very difficult, very difficult. So second question I always ask, so you get somebody that's either just started in a startup or wants to get started kind of in that phase of life, what would be mm-hmm. the one piece of advice you'd give them? It is, it is definitely to recognize that whatever your heart is into, pursue it until you can't. Um, we are doing something that happens to co-align, co- 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 coalesce, I, I lost the word, to, to align with, thank you, uh, to align with what we are also passionate about. Um, if what you're passionate about is what you want to go try, for, for all means, go try it. But recognize that no one else is going to be able to do what you do. No one's going to bring the same passion that you do. Mm-hmm. Don't let someone tell you that crocheting frogs is never going to make anything. It depends on whether someone picks you up on Instagram or you get, you know, there's so, so many what if possibilities. If you want to do something, go try it. And like Aaron and I always said, if this doesn't work out, we'll just go, you know, dissolve the company and go work for other places like we've always done, but it doesn't hurt to go try. And sometimes just going to try and learning that this isn't, let's, let's try it again later. Let's go fall back, regroup. There is no shame in that because every experience that you're having is learning and growing and moving forward and basing on empathy and getting it, getting it going. And so go ahead and try and like, you don't lose any face. If, if it doesn't work out, it just means you've learned something and you're going to leverage that learning into the next thing that you do. Yeah. And I agree. Although I do now want you, I just want you to go and start to try a, cr- a frog crochet business just to see if it works. <laughs> so no, I think that's a, I think that's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, good advice for people. I think that, yeah. you know, if you're, you, there's a balance, right? And I, I, I joke with crocheting frogs in the sense that maybe if you're really good, if you could do it, but you got to find, I think you find a balance between what you're good at and what you're passionate at and what yes. the market wants. And if you can find kind of those three things, then yes. you're going to have the best recipe for success. And I, agree. I also agree. I think you made one other comment that, you know, a lot of times people are scared to do a startup, not even because they'll fail, but everybody will see them fail. Right. So you do a mm-hmm. startup and then yeah. you tell all your friends, tell your neighbors, tell all your family. And then, you know, a month later or a year later or whatever period of time. And they ask, Oh, how's your start? Oh, it failed. And now I'm you know, back doing, I'm back being a whatever, you know, ex or job. And you're worried that what they're going to think about you. And I don't think that should be a reason to hold you back. There's also a euphemist. Oh, that's on the back burner right now because I had to go focus on X, Y, and Z. It'll come back again or it won't. But you know what? Don't be afraid. If it, if it just literally, you're just like, sometimes you're just like, that's just too much work. I am literally not as, as entrepreneurial as I thought. And I'm happier to spend the weekend with my kiddos doing some barbecuing. There is no shame there. There's too many weekends I work just to make sure things are going right. And it'd be fun to just kind of set it aside instead of being in charge. So 
there's pluses and minuses to everything you choose. <laughs> yep. Then, but then I always find that I always dream, oh, it'd be nice just to be able to go home and not think. And then I'm like, I'd probably be bored out of my mind after several <laughs> weeks. So I, it would be a nice exactly break, right. but it probably isn't going to be long term for my personality. I would agree. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a fun to talk about your journey. It's been an interesting one. And I wish you all the best of luck with your journey. People want to reach out to you. They want to connect. They want to get hired by your awesome employment uh, arrangement. <laughs> they want to use your services or just want to connect. What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, Marsha at scalesec.com. And we are out there at scalesec.com. And I would be, I am a big proponent of mentorship. As long as you bring your ability to find your own bootstraps, I will help you. I'll point to them. I will. I, I love to mentor, love to do it. So even if it's just a curiosity going towards uh, cloud security, I'm here and I will help you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that offer and I hope people take you up on it because it's you. always important to find mentors. So thank you again for coming on. Um, for those of you that are wanting to be a guest on the Inventive Journey, feel free to go to uh, inventivejourney.com and apply to be a guest on the podcast. Um, for those of you that are listeners, make sure to subscribe to any of the channels we're on. And uh, for those of you that may need help with uh, patents and trademarks, feel free to reach, or reach out to us. We're always happy to help. Thank you again for coming on. It was a fun to hear about your journey and I wish you the, the best journey going forward. I thank you. Have a good grid. You too.